Thank you for listening to this edition of the Christian Car Guy podcast. It's brought to you by Mr. Quick Pick Lock and Road. Mr. Quick Pick is the opportunity for you to start your own roadside assistance business. If you have more investment energy than investment capital, stop working for someone else. Mr. Quick Pick Lock and Road is the opportunity to have your own home-based business, working directly with auto clubs and leveraging a national brand and marketing strategy. Mr. Quick Pick helps people who have run out of gas, lock their keys in their car, or need a jump start. An A-plus rated company with a better business bureau and the three-time winner of the Member's Choice Award for customer service. This could be the chance you've been looking for to serve others at the point of crisis and even share your walk with Christ. So whether you're looking for a business opportunity or in need of emergency roadside assistance, choose Mr. Quick Pick Lock and Road, mrquickpick.com. Now sit back and enjoy this podcast of the Christian Car Guy Radio Show. Radio show. I say this calls for action, and now nip it in the bud. <laughs> nip it in the bud. You got to nip it in the bud. Negotiations Bible style. Bible style. Bible. 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 Negotiation Bible style. <laughs> you believe that we're gonna get along just fine? It's called snake oil. Y'all it's been around for a long, long time. The truth. It's called Snake Oil. Y'all yeah, been around for a long, long time. You can't handle the truth. It's called Snake Oil. Yeah, snake Oil pricing today on the Christian Car Guy Show. <laughs> oh, the challenge is can you handle the truth? Snake Oil car pricing. That's. You know, it's it's an interesting, and this might come together for you in a minute. Why Robbie's saying you can't handle the truth, but as I approach the whole topic of snake oil, being a car salesman my entire life, <laughs> I do so really with a great deal of fear and trembling, understanding that when we judge others, what is happening there, according to John and Paul Sanford, if you really want to watch an amazing video, they did something uh, on YouTube, which there's a link at my website, that talked about Bitterroot judgments. And so when you throw a judgment out there, like I'm going to judge these people for the way that they price their cars, the problem is you're throwing this little golf ball out there at this person. When you sow one judgment, you reap back a whole bunch. <laughs> if you sow the wind, you're going to reap a whirlwind. So if you picture that you're going to throw this little golf ball out there at those way those people price them, well, the bad news is you're going to reap this gigantic mountain of golf balls coming back at you. And so with that in mind, but there's still, you know, there's this whole issue of snake oil pricing. And so 
rather than judge motives and all that, I think it's, it's best just to try to get to the truth. And of course, if we get to the truth, the question is, can you handle the truth? And here's an interesting little factoid, Bob, who I have with me, my Christian junkyard guy, and you're going to love this. The truth is that snake oil has its benefits, especially the snake oil. And here's where it came from. I found this in the, my 2018 Falmer's Almanac. The Chinese railroad workers that came over in the 1800s, right? You remember they were building the railroad across America. They, they had Nobody would do it, so they got the Chinamen to come over, and they paid them to come over from China. Well, when they came, they brought their snake oil with them. And the truth is that the Chinese have a water snake that would eat fish. And because it would eat all these fish, it was very, very high in amino acids and amino threes or whatever you call those things. And so when they would get the oil out of these Chinese water snakes and they brought them over, well, you can imagine when you've been working on the railroad all the live long day that you would get sore, right? You'd get these really sore muscles. Well, the Chinamen would rub this snake oil into their muscles because it was full of amino three. And guess what? It gave them relief. And so they started, hey, we'll do this. Well, you know, the Westerners tried to pick up on this, oiled a few rattlesnakes. <laughs> well, rattlesnakes don't eat fish. You know, and they're not like the Chinese snakes. And so the whole idea of a snake oil salesman was that they were using rattlesnake oil when they should have been using Chinese water snake oil. I'm just saying. So you can see the say, history of snake oil <laughs> coming to you today from the Christian Gargoyle show. See, we like to get at the truth of all possible because we work for the truth network. <laughs> there you go. The truth about snake oil, but I bet you're wondering about cars, and so we're we got to go there. And so the truth is that dealers, if we're going to talk about car dealers and their pricing, dealers have to make a profit. They just do. And, and if you think about it, if you're going to carry 100 cars out there, you gotta, you're a car dealer and you're going to carry 100 cars. They're $30,000 a piece these days. And so 100 of those cars means you're going to have $3 million tied up sitting out there. $3 million in inventory. And that dealer could easily put $3 million in the stock market or annuities and they could get a huge return on that investment. Instead, he is investing his life in a business that employs lots of people that helps the whole community so they have to see a return on those millions sitting out there. The average dealer really has a payroll of more than $100,000 a month. So as he's laying there that at night, I've got to, all these people, i got to make this payroll. It's going to be $100,000. And those two expenses alone keep them up many, many, many nights. And I can assure you I know that personally because I have been there. You got the T-shirt and the video. I do, yeah. But then you got the factory pressure on you to take more cars. You got employees who want more money, media salespeople coming in every hour, as well as every Cub Scout mother and race car driver wanting a sponsor. Mm, I, I've never experienced that. <laughs> <laughs> so how are you going to make all that work with new car pricing at a dollar over invoice, right? That's what the guy down the street is selling his cars. Do you really, really think, does anybody think they're only making a dollar when they sell this car? Well, one way they do that is they sell high markup aftermarket products, right? There's more than a dollar markup in that paint sealant, undercoating, fabric protector, anti-theft etching, and the list goes on and on and on about these things that they will add on that there's high markup. And the funny thing, and maybe it's not funny, but when we were selling them back in the day, we called them snake oil. <laughs> 
<laughs> we uh, we had people that specialized in snake oil sales. I mean, that was their deal that they had to go out there. And and again, I, I'm just saying this is the way that it worked. But it worked because honestly, we didn't think our customers could handle the truth that a car dealer needs to make about eighteen hundred dollars when they sell a car, or that doesn't worth the investment of investing that thirty thousand dollars out there and laying it out there. And they don't necessarily believe that you would let them make that much money if they would just trust you with the truth. And so they come up with other interesting things like documentary fees. I did a little research on that one, Bob. And you know, in Florida right now, the average dealer is charging over $600 for a document fee. That's to sign a couple of papers, right? Well, you got a notary in there. It might cost you Ooh. 3 or $4. You know? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but let's face it. When they call it a dock fee, you ha think it has something to do with a loading dock, or yeah, something. you think that oh wow, and 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 it is. It is essentially think about it. They do have a payroll. It's huge. They do have to make that payroll, and they do have to sell cars in order for all that to happen. And every single car, whether you realize it or not, comes with a cost of all those employees sitting out there. So the question, understanding all these different things is where does the consumer fit into that? Or more importantly, maybe where do you fit into that? Because again, we can throw that judgment out there and go, why are you doing this? It would appear to be deceptive. Well, Bob, the truth is that underneath that issue is a really an issue of do you trust God? Or do you trust the person that you're dealing with? On the other side of that, who by the way, is an image of God. They're made in that image. And so it's interesting. Jesus told this wonderful parable of the talents. And you might remember that he gave all these guys this money. And the one guy went and hid it. And it really didn't go good for him. In fact, Jesus said that that guy was going to be gnashing his teeth in the darkness. I mean, this is not good. I mean, what, so what's up with that? This guy, all he did was hide the money. Why would he get, end up in hell? Well, the issue is he didn't trust his boss. He didn't trust the heart of his boss. And more than that... He didn't trust that God was going to come through with him, that he could go put all that money in cars and, and, and in people and make this large investment and that God would come help him, give him a return on that investment, and it would work out good for him. The issue is trust. God is a very risky God. He trusted you, Bob, with free will. <laughs> he trusted me with it. God is a very trusting God, but he requires from us similar trust. And so when you look at your own life, and I do look at my life, and I think, wow, where is it that I'm not trusting? And just this week, Bob called me up short because we had a, a Jesus labor of love um, applicant that needed, we, we went out there, we got this car donated, and it turned out it needed a wheel bearing. And I was like, wow, we don't have the money to fix this wheel bearing. I don't know what to do but to let the car sit there, Bob. And this poor lady's been crying and calling me or whatever, and I'm all upset about it. And Bob sends me back this text that says, Robbie, God hasn't set the money yet. <laughs> and so the question is, in so many of our lives, where is it that we are not trusting God? Where is it? that we are using snake oil in order to get what we want. And I would love to know your own story of where you might see that in your life. I got a couple more examples. As simple as when you ask, a wife asks you if you wash your hand before you eat dinner, we're going to get there. 
When we come back, stay tuned. Snake oil. <laughs> Bob, I don't know. Can you handle the truth? There's a lot of a lot of trust it takes out there to see if that person that you're dealing with is actually willing to handle the truth. It's pretty amazing what you bring to our th- to the table today, and um, it's something that I really hadn't given much thought to. You know, because you hear it every day, uh, or quite often, how folks are selling things. Um, I've heard it all for years and years and years, and uh, some places, you know, oh, well, I'll sell it to you at cost, you know. <laughs> but uh, there's no way to stay in business selling at cost or, or a dollar over invoice or anything like that. So uh, it's really something to ponder, you know. Well, there's all sorts of stuff in that, and I want to talk about that throughout the show today, you know, to help people understand the truth. And again, we don't want to judge, believe me, I don't want to judge the people that they all have their motives and and they're doing what they, you know, I'm I'm really more interested in my own (laughs) issues, in my own self-thought about where, and as I I promised, uh, here's a real simple one where I don't think my wife can handle the truth, right? Because, you know, I sit down at the dinner table and the question comes, have you washed your hands? You know, and I, I feel, you know, that's somewhat insulting, whatever. And I I don't think my wife can handle the truth. So I, I'm kind of like Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs when the dwarf said, recently? <laughs> I go. love that answer. I really do. And, I, I believe all of us may have told mom a time or two growing up, uh, yeah, I washed them. Uh, yeah. sometime <laughs> and but the, the the thing is I don't think my wife can handle the truth that really I'm insulted that you asked that question and I'm and I don't think it matters and there's a lot of things I think that would be the truth and unfortunately I'm not walking in the truth because at the end of the day do I trust that God's going to come through. Just like, as we talked about, the Jesus labor love, if you're wondering about that conversation that Bob and I had, the Jesus labor love is car repair for single moms, widows, and families in crisis. And we have this widow who's up in the mountains, lives out on this country road. This car was donated for her. She calls me most every other day, if not every day, crying that she needs a car because she and her daughter have to get to the hospital and this, that, and the other. And this car was donated and it took forever to get the title, and we finally got the title, and then I went down there. Bob says, oh, Bob, we, we got the car. We can take it out there, and we went out there and drove it, but the rear axle's screaming because it's got a bad wheel bearing, Bob. It's a mild roar. <laughs> it's a mild roar. I was like, it's a beautiful car, absolutely gorgeous, but we don't want to take it out to Mount Airy with a bad wheel bearing, and so we got to fix this wheel bearing. Well, that takes money, and that takes resources, and honestly, we'd run out. And I was, I was just like, whoa, I don't know what we're going to do, Bob. Nobody sent the money. 
And he sent me back this text. Robbie, God hasn't sent it yet. <laughs> and it was like, wow, that's the truth. And he must have felt I could handle the truth because it really sent me to going, you know what? That's right. This lady is going to get a car. It's going to be amazing. I don't know how it's all going to work out, but God does. And God's timing is perfect, and it's not necessarily my timing, Bob. And, and it really comes down to an issue of can I trust that God's going to meet these needs, and it doesn't necessarily take Robbie to make it happen. All the things we've been through uh, through the years at work and in life and everything, um, every time, uh, whether it was fire or whatever, you know, the the major catastrophes that have struck us through the years, every time God has swooped in, picked us up, dusted us off, showed us the way. And, you know, sometimes I have to remind myself of that. And I try to remind everybody that works there for us, you know, that, that, wow, it's so amazing what he's done and how many times he's done it. And, uh, so let's get our thinking cap on and remember he's done it all these other times. Do you really think he's going to turn us loose at this moment? So, yeah. Uh, so it, it comes down to, do you trust God? But here's the, the, the thing I'm wondering if you'd have the courage to do, because I think everybody out there listening could learn from you that there's something in your life. As you heard this story, the Holy spirit saying, yeah, that's, that's what Robbie's talking about. You're not trusting that these people can handle the truth, so you're doing this deceptive, whatever it is, and however it is that you're doing it. And hopefully, God's given you a way to repent of that, but think of how all the people could learn from that, because this is a live show, and you can call in. There's the number, 866-348-7884. The Holy Spirit might be saying, yeah, call in and share. This is something I'm struggling with. How can I... Trust these people with the truth. You know, I think about restaurants. They do something very similar to what car dealers do, right? They, they sell that blue plate special for $1.99 knowing that they're going to lose money because they're hoping you're going to buy the tea, which is $1.50 that cost them 20 cents. I mean, that's the deal. I mean, I see that, and I'm not judging that. I'm saying, okay, but, you know, they, they, there's stuff like that that got you in the door, and that was the idea. And, but they're they're hoping to make it up in other ways. Kids eat free. <laughs> <laughs> Kids eat free. <laughs> you know? and, and there are so many marketing ideas that are all out there, but it's at the end of the day, you know, do you believe that people could handle the truth? Or is that marketing? Or what? Do you, maybe you think I'm all wet. I don't know. But dealers, you know, they, they struggle with that. They struggle with how do I really make what I need to make on these cars in order for this to happen. And so there are things like the, the one that used to just like really this etching that they would put in the windshield with this number that supposedly if somebody stole your car, you know, they would give you this and, and, and this stuff would cost like 35 cents or 40 cents to put on the car and you would sell it for, you know, two, $300. I mean, but at the end of the day, you sold the car for a dollar over invoice. So where are you going? So. There's a lot there. Would you have the courage to call in and share your story? 866-348-7884. 866-34-TRUTH. We got Christian Car Guy Theater coming up the last segment. Stay tuned. So much more Christian Car Guy Show.
Can you handle the truth today (laughs) on the Christian Car Guys show? The whole idea of snake oil, snake oil pricing, how does it all work? And how do we navigate as Christians through this uh, (laughs) snake oil situation? I hate that listeners didn't get to hear Bob about the snake oil in the first segment. We talked about what actually snake oil was and how it actually did have benefits at one point in time. And so there's all sorts of things. I don't want to give snake oil a bad name. <laughs> <clears throat> I think it has a bad enough name already. <laughs> you know, I understand about the marketing things and people, the things people have to do to market their stuff. But, you know, the truth has always worked really well for us. I mean, I understand the 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 concept of, of you have to promote your business and you have to encourage people to come and do business with you and everything and when we burnt to the ground we had nothing but ashes and so we did our very best to market the ashes we showed everybody that our place was burnt you know toasty we had just some concrete out there uh we had no building we you know we didn't have much going for us and so we took the one thing we had and uh, that was the fire, and and we had to market it for a little while. And part of me was kind of concerned: was that ethical, or was that the right thing to do? But you know, it it was all we had it was ashes, so we used those ashes to, uh, you know, that's to benefit us and to, to make it to help us come back and to help us recover. And uh, it really it, it was very effective. And, you know, it's an interesting, as you were talking that story, my father and I had a Pontiac dealership in Georgetown, Texas, and one time we got hit by hail. And if you're a car dealer and you got $3 million worth of cars sitting out there, <clears throat> and I mean, it didn't hail a little bit. I mean, it hailed. And I mean, it was serious damage on these cars. And every single car we had in stock that was out there was all covered in these hail dents. And we assumed that like, oh, this is the end of the world. You know, the the insurance companies could come fix it, but who's going to come buy these cars have been painted all over because, you know, as a car dealer, a car that's been painted is just like the kiss of death. Oh, it's got paint. It's been in a wreck. <laughs> but people came. We didn't even advertise it, Bob. People came from all over because they heard there was hail and they knew there were hail-damaged cars and the insurance company would pay to fix the car for them after they bought it. And they wanted the discount. And so we literally sold out our whole inventory in a matter of less than 30 days. My father and I were sitting there looking at each other going, what? We thought what we thought was the end of the world turned Turned out out to to be this unbelievable marketing idea. And having learned that now as a young man, when I was at Crown Honda Volvo one day, I, I decided, hey, we don't have any hail right now, but we could do a scratch and dent sale. And so I went out with a marker and found every little itty-bitty ding or whatever on every car, and I would put a great big circle on it, and I would put, you know, discounts, $600, whatever, because 
then had the camera crews come in, do this scratch and dent sale, and people, same kind of thing. It was, it was a, but however, it was manipulative. It was different than the real little thing. snake oil there, bro. It was a little snake oil. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm always up for a previously enjoyed uh, uh, or something that's, sometimes you can get a refrigerator and the scratch or the dent's going to be against the wall anyway. So it it's, right. a, it's a savings, you know. And uh, So I'm not saying that legitimate scratch and dent sales are not of value it's just a matter of where's your heart and i knew where my heart was when i would thought that i'd lost everything and i also knew in my where my heart was when i thought well we'll just you know make this appear to be something that it's not and so you know the the, the challenge again is do you trust god's going to come through for you is that really you know am i going to go take my talents whatever that may be it may be money it may be talent and am i going to go invest that because i know that god's going to be alongside me because he loves to go out on an adventure and he's calling you to do something now just got a few minutes because we got a christian car guy theater episode is going to play in the last segment to call in and share your snake oil story we would love to hear it would you have the courage to share that and who could learn from that 866-348- seven eight eight four we want to by all means give you a chance to call in and share you know a little history is that car dealers we didn't used to have window stickers when i started selling trucks you didn't have to have a window sticker and so somebody came on the lot you could tell them whatever you wanted a new car new truck was there was no stickers it was the moroni law that came in and changed that where they put window stickers on it and then the manufacturers started dropping the markup in the car car dealers to the car dealers in order for their cars to look more competitive, but what they were doing was eroding the dealer pricing. And so what a lot of dealers started doing was adding these supplemental stickers so they could get the markup back that they used to have in order to you know, make a profit selling the cars. And, and so it's not all just one-sided for the poor car dealer. I mean, at one point in time, somebody walked on the lot, we could tell them whatever we wanted to sell the car for, which legitimately there's nothing wrong with that. I mean, you bought the car, you can sell it for what you want. It. Same thing with you, Bob. You got cars out there, you got parts out on your lot, you can sell them for whatever you want to. Do you think somebody should be able to regulate what you sell a part for out there? I don't think that would work out <laughs> too well, but you know, we try to just we try to do our pricing in a way we can look on the computer, we can see what other places are selling. We don't want to um, you know, the prices that some other places have. And um we don't want to be the the highest by any means, and uh, you know, just depending on our situation is is where we try to place ourselves in that. But the best thing we can do, because is to get it, you know, safely toward the bottom, but not absolutely to the bottom in case we have to buy the part from somebody else to replace it with. If that makes any sense. Oh yeah, because you got all sorts of issues that you want to make sure that at the end of the day. You help your customers. And if you price stuff too low, you go out of business and everybody who bought stuff from you loses. All your employees don't have a job anymore. You, there's a lot more to run in a business than people see in their bomb. Yes, sir. Abs- a- absolutely. Absolutely. It's When I started that, you know, I used to be the guy in the when I started crushing cars, I was the guy that poked a hole in the gas tank. 
and cut the gas tank off of the car before the cars were crushed. And uh, when they took that metal rod that I used to stick in the gas tank away from me and handed me an ink pen and said, here, run a business, uh, it was a, <laughs> I had a lot of learning to do. And, and some, of the, some of the best learning you can do in life is by making mistakes and trying not to make them but so many times, you know. But uh, we did it wrong. We, we made so many mistakes. We, um, that we stumbled on every, everything you can stumble on because we just didn't know. We had never, it was unexplored territory for us. And, uh, but you know, it worked out great and we had times when it was just super duper. And then we had times where we had nothing but ashes. But like I say, God held us up through every bit of it. And, uh, he's guided us. He's, he's just made life bearable and, and circumstances that you thought was, you couldn't handle. And, and see, it's so similar to the parable of the talents, right? You took what God gave you and you invested it. And think of... Not wisely at first. Oh, I understand. <laughs> but I know what benefit it's been to me personally. I know what it's been to the Jesus Labor of Love as far as a ministry. I know what it's been to the Winston-Salem Rescue Mission and so many different other things that I just happen to know because I know you. But God did that, right? I mean, you, oh, you, yes, you, sir. You, yes, and, sir. and he held us up through the fire, and he held us up through a lot of issues that, that obviously you faced in your business of, of people that have tried to steal your money and people that have done this, that, and the other that I'm, I'm Some of them were successful. <laughs> <laughs> Some of them were very successful at stealing our money. But, uh, you know, we, we just – another one of the mistakes that we tried to – learn from, correct the situation, and, and try not to fall in that hole again, you know. And and it's a beautiful thing. I mean, yeah. And I don't know, you know, certainly I had a business, I invested that, and it all went away. I mean, I, I and I had all that egg on my face, and I still have egg on my face from whatever. But God continues to use what he taught me and continues to bless and what a gift it is to be able to share that with you today we got a christian car guy theater episode 31 fine oh it's so awesome some of the actors god's given us you are going to enjoy this episode stay tuned you got christian car guy theater jailhouse justice number eight coming up stay tuned Christian Car Guy Theater with today's episode, Jailhouse Justice, Part 8. Previously on Jailhouse Justice, Episode 7, we see the evil noir and his sidekick Lou now calling themselves Eldon and Otto at a church potluck. To continue in their words, that's to butter up their biscuits at the potluck and butter up the townsfolks while they're at it. The Noir is planning to open up a fine-fit auto parts plant right next to Nahum's garage. Their nefarious plan is to get the town folk to invest in this project and then not only take off with the investment money, but take off with Allie as well. They're not giving up on kidnapping the prettiest girl in town. Ironically, Allie is living with her grandparents, Bonnie and Bob, because her parents were killed in a car crash 12 years ago 
a car crash that was caused by the Noir, though nobody in town is aware of that. Meanwhile, at the potluck, oblivious to all this, Nettie, Nahum's wife, is cheerfully introducing Eldon and Otto around as the town folks all celebrate the return of the sheriff. Eldon and Otto, I want you to meet our newly returned sheriff and his most esteemed deputy, Eustace. Well, it's an honor to meet the two of you. It seems you've both been very busy lately rescuing folks and such, even a doxy, from what I understand. Well, actually, that was Eustace who did that, Eldon. I've been out of town for a few weeks, and Eustace has been mighty busy since I've been gone. He's quite the hero. Well, how in the world did you know that I rescued a doxy, Eldon? Well, Eustace, you know how it is in a small town. There are no secrets. Yeah, yeah, that's right. That's right. You can't keep secrets in this small town. Nope. Uh Uh-uh, no. You You can't do it. Nope. I don't know why, but for some reason you two look familiar to me, Eldon. But maybe it's because I've seen your pictures on the posters you have around town for an investor meeting for your new auto plant, which sounds like a terrific idea. It's going to bring jobs to our little town. Oh, yes, Sheriff. This town will never be the same. And a perfect location next to Nahum's garage. (laughs) Auto parts and a man who knows how to use them. You know how important location is. Location, location, location. (laughs) Such a deal. It's a win-win, right, Otto? Such a deal! Yeah, that's right. Perfect! Definitely a win-win-win-win-win. Win. And I can't tell you how thrilled I am that you arrived in town to boost the economy when I am mayor. Perfect indeed. Perfect timing. <laughs> That's right, Mayor Elvira Merriweather. And now, Eldon and Otto, here are some other fine folks I want you to meet. This is Bob and Bonnie and their granddaughter, Allie. Nice to meet you, Bob, Bonnie, and Allie. Pretty name for a pretty girl. Oh, thank you. Actually, it was my doxy that Eustace rescued. It was the most amazing story. Really kind of crazy. We're so proud of our granddaughter, Eldon. She was actually the princess for the Garden of Hope float earlier this year. And she found a lot of hope from the Lord after that. We went through a bit of a rough time, didn't we, Bob? A rough time indeed. It's funny, Eldon. The sheriff said you look familiar. You look familiar to me, too. But maybe it's those posters around town. Have we met before? You know, maybe we did. Many years ago. And here is our very own Pastor Jack. Yes, hi, Eldon and Otto. Welcome to our little town. We're so grateful to you for what you're planning to do. Believe me, the pleasure is all mine. Sure hope to see you in church on Sunday. (laughs) Wouldn't miss it, Pastor. All right, everybody. Hey, listen up now. Yeah, y'all come on over here. and let's, Let's hear the sheriff give a few words before Pastor Jack prays over our food. Hey, and don't nobody touch that red velvet cake before I get there. <laughs> All right, now, come on, let's give the sheriff a big hand. Welcome back, sheriff. Well, <laughs> I can't tell you how good it is to be back and how very much I've missed you all. And I want you to know that although there have been some frightening things that have gone on in our little town, Eustace and I will do everything in our power and with God's help to keep this town safe. Thank you, and God bless you. 
So, Noir and Lou, alias Eldon and Otto, seemed to have pulled the wool over everyone's eyes, although there were a few question marks in the minds of the sheriff and Bob, Allie's grandfather. As the potluck was over and cleaning up was going on, Nettie took out the trash in the alley next to the parking lot. Nettie overheard Lou and Noir chuckling as they stood next to Jimmy's Jeep. They were enjoying how they had deceived everyone. They saw Nettie rush back into the church hall and start talking to Nahum, Pastor Jack, the Sheriff, Eustace, and Bob about what she'd heard. I knew that guy looked familiar. You're right, Bob. Pastor Jack, could we look up the face recognition on the computer in your office? Let's see who these guys are. Dang, nabbit! Just when you think, all's well. Come on, guys, let's use that computer thingy to look them up. Meanwhile, the Noir and Lou heard the whole thing as they followed Nettie and hid behind the door. Noir pulled Lou back into the parking lot. Okay, let's get out of here. Hey, this Jeep Wrangler right here hmm, would be perfect to go off-road. Come on. Jimmy decides to peek outside to take a look at Eldon and Otto, and just then they take off in his Jeep. Hey, they're getting away in my Jeep. Hey, 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 where are we going? Where are we, where are we going here? What's going Santo? What is going on around here? No, 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 no. Hey, I'm going to break. Oh, Lord, protect us. Protect us, Lord, please. Whoa, whoa, what's going on? Hey, what do these bums think they're doing? Ay, 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 por favor, senor Grotojeros. Please, Lord, protect us. Seriously? Tammy, give them a little more attention, and I'll give them a wave of justice. Oh, no, cut it out. Oh, dear. Air condition their heads. Oh, don't cry, everyone. Let me wipe your tears away. (laughs) I'm guessing Eldon and Lou may have taken the wrong vehicle. That is, if they hope to get away. Tune in for the next episode where we'll find out if the Noir and Lou will either see the light or they may have to meet the dark. And now, here's Randy Radiator and Danny Dipstick to wrap up today's episode. (laughs) Randy, do you think that trust in the Noir is kind of like trust in stairs? (laughs) Daddy, I get it. Like stairs. The Noir is always up to something. You can't get a rise out of me, mister. (laughs) Well, you're right, Danny. And even when evil is lurking behind every corner, the enemy doesn't stand a chance. Jesus is more than a match for any enemy. And like Jimmy's Jeep, I can hardly wait to see the beatdown those two will take at the hands of Tammy Tensioner, Guido Gasket, Mosey Motor Oil, and even... Wally Windshield Wiper has got what it takes with Jesus on his side. <laughs> yeah, Randy. Fine fit might be those guys. Parting words. Oh, brother. <laughs> Say goodbye, Daddy. <laughs> See you later, Radiator. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Christian Car Guy Theater. We want you to know that it's our heart that this be programming that attracts a younger audience, your children maybe. It's Saturday morning, time for cartoons, and so we wanted to do something here on the Christian Car Guy Show that everyone would enjoy, both adults and children, as we don't often have children listen to the Christian Car Guy other programming on Saturday morning, so we wanted to offer something regularly that would happen. And so we urge your kids to listen, but also we want you to know that there's this resource. It's at christiancarguy.com where you can go to the podcast and download absolutely free every episode of Christian Car Guy Theater. There's over 31 of them now. And how fun is that? There's, I guess, more than five hours of programming available for kids to listen to with good, clean, family 
Christian values. It is certainly our prayer every time we do an episode of Christian Car Guy Theater that Jesus is the hero of the story and that that comes through clearly. So we pray that you would share that with your family, children that you know, that they can go to ChristianCarGuy.com and there are 31 episodes now of Christian Car Guy Theater. Now, by all means, we are so grateful to you and everyone who listens to Christian Car Guy. It's you guys that make the show. We're so grateful that you tuned in today. Remember, slow down. Jesus walked everywhere he went and got it all done in 33 years.